Welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, and my co-host, Mikhail Christiansen. How is it going, Mikhail? Um, yes, I am sitting and struggling with a big piece of paper, and I am kind of annoyed because it doesn't cooperate, or I'm too dumb. I'm too fucking dumb to understand a rather simple folding pattern. But that is yeah. my that is my evening's predicament. Otherwise, Just- can't complain too much. How about yourself? Yeah, just to put it in uh, context with Mikhail, I messaged him about two and a half hours ago on a uh, podcast this evening, and he said, yeah, yeah, I'll be back to you in a minute. Uh, two hours later, I messaged him going like, put the fucking origami down, <laughs> come here, I had, step I, away I, from I, the paper, I, ha- I, have, I have to be honest, I had entirely and utterly forgotten about the podcast at the moment. <laughs> sent the message. I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. Because I've been sitting <laughs> about looking at the same pattern over and over and over and over again now for over an hour, and... Uh, the fury i kind of sent a few uh our chat kind of sent a few memes and other stuff into our chats to see if that would provoke uh, a reaction <laughs> that's what you it's like it. okay <laughs> see if he remembers me i exist but it's uh the origami hole if you know Mikkel, he goes into the origami hole sometimes and has to be uh dragged out by burning the paper yeah uh, yeah it's right there in front of me taunting me the cunt <sighs> yeah so anyway what are we going to talk about tonight i suppose uh of housekeeping or housekeeping oh, I'll do it later anyway uh we are going to talk about injuries and i suppose we've talked about a bit about them in the q a's and how to deal with them and everything but i thought we maybe just have a full show on injuries you know why they happen i don't know well i suppose what we're just gonna to ramble do? as normal do we even need to have a plan on this stuff mm-hmm. injuries they're fun you should get one if you haven't injured yourself doing hand balance and bragged about it on the internet, are you really a hand balancer? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't injured your wrist by overtraining in hand balance, are you really a hand balancer? If you haven't comp- contemplated like existential dread from injuring your wrist doing handstands, are you actually a hand balancer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is um, that is definitely a good good question. Most people, I mean, if you do handstands for long enough, you're going to end up injured at some point. At some point or other, there's no. No doubt about that. Um, yeah, I'd love to know. There's kind of figures roughly on injuries per thousand hours of exercise. Mm. You can find it on, you know, whatever, CrossFit, weightlifting, running, jogging, golf, whatever. But there's obviously nothing. No one's really tracking this stuff and has any of the stats on hand balance. No. I would like be kind of interested just to see where hand balance rates, you know, in comparative kind of solo nerdy disciplines like climbing or frisbee golf or shit like that. And, See where we're at. Hopefully, we were lower in CrossFit, but I have my doubts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like we've talked about before, hand balancers definitely have the tendency of overdoing it. So um, yeah, it comes with the trade. Seen, I don't know if people see my story on, on the Fallagonet thing. I made a bit of a meme of the surprise Pikachu. Of like, I had about the same thing, and the same. I had the same thing a few times in the same week. People are like. Had wrist issues, just general inflammation, nothing too bad, nothing nothing bad. And I told them all the same kind of thing. Let's reduce volume down, do 10 minutes, 20 minutes, of hand, one arms a day, that's it. And just reduce. And we'll cut back and things and modify some of the other stuff. Uh, this advice was ignored by all of them in favor of not just doing exactly what I had programmed when the thing was between 30, about 30 minutes on average of one arms. But, you know, tripling, doubling or tripling the time between them, the 60 or 90 minutes of one arms, and then doing all their conditioning and everything, and then wondering, and not telling me they were doing this as well, because they knew I'd put the brakes on. So, uh, (laughs) first lesson, first rule of handstand club is, when your coach tells you to do something, it's probably for a reason. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, um, It's certainly way too easy to get too excited with uh, yeah. with training handstands. I think that that is like one of the one of the big yeah, big issues, are, like injury wise. You just think, oh shit, I almost managed to do a thing, and then like you just get too jacked up about trying to do the thing again and again and again, while you should have quit an hour ago or yeah. two hours ago. Uh, I've done it yeah. myself, seen it myself a hundred times, and it's just it's just a kind of it's kind of the the cardinal sin it seems of hand balancers to just 
like just get like to not get be able that. to stop in time basically yeah get into that dopamine feedback loop yeah <laughs> it's just like oh nearly oh nearly oh yeah it's like it's all the same people as well they're all about the same level who i'm talking about they're all between a five and ten second one arms on their good arm mm. so it's like it's at the exciting stage where you've grinded for like the last year yeah and now it's working and now you're like oh shit everything bashing my head against the wall has now actually gotten a different result yeah yeah exactly <laughs> then it it must continue exactly like this if i if i continue to smash my head against the wall yeah <laughs> my poor dopamine deprived brain has had no success and now it's getting it all at once <laughs> the the what's it what's it called it's kind of the um uh i kind of just in in envision the madman going ha, 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 the power is mine and then whoops yeah you had the power for about 18 minutes and you got wrecked and all not saying i haven't universe. done it because i have uh i've done it as well we've all many, we're all guilty of this times. yeah yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah but i i think um yeah the management of such like it's 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 like i i think act like uh going in with the acceptance that this is something that no not only can happen that but that is very likely to happen to you i think is like one of the yeah one of the better ways of kind of uh, how to say um, mitigating or at least being ready for injuries so that you 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 like I mean because your your world world will fall apart a little bit when it happens yeah. oh no I cannot do the thing that I like to do that is the fact of life of it and that is going to suck for uh, a while but at least like not pretending to be invincible because that that isn't helping anyone looking at myself because i've been there for <laughs> way too many times <laughs> yeah it's uh, the old invincibility kind of just remember i was kind of just thinking like observationally i haven't done record enough data on this to say yes or no but observationally it's like elbow issues happen to beginners wrist issues happen to advanced people more so yeah is my observation on it I think it's kind of one of those things like wrist. It's like people learning to grip and they're using a lot of force when they're beginning and they will overuse the balance, particularly when they get to that stage where you can balance, but you kind of lean forward to correct underbalance. Yeah. And then it's that constant tension at the elbow. Whereas, you know, people who are better, they use less force, there's less gripping strength, less sustained gripping strength, let's call it that. Yeah, for sure. But then they just kind of go from that whole, oh yeah, just... Particularly when people are balancing one arms, that's the one that seems to blow wrists. I've noticed more so than anything else. It's like, mm. as we kind of notice, like well, the second you start taking that hand off, chaos ensues and balances and corrections we haven't even thought possible for the human body start to happen. Mm. And then it's just like, yeah, it's just, it is wrists and fingers that seem to go more. Yeah. There's obviously elbows go as well, but. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's definitely like the most common phase of, uh, of, um, of wrist injuries i think i've also noticed like loads of beginners when people haven't been on their hands for so long and, and when they're kind of new they're uh, or working on two arms they're quite they're quite used to just starting their handstand sessions by standing on their hands immediately while yeah. like as soon as you've uh, started to do one arms and stuff that usually like people stop doing that to a degree or like take more time warming up and so on which is the sensible thing to do um but um yeah and then of course shoulders is also one but that that also seems to happen like later on when when people are more and more advanced um whereas like un unless you have a lot of just physique to build from the get-go when you begin yeah. standing on your hands uh it seems like shoulders are usually all right until until you you've actually gotten strong enough so you can spend enough time to, on your hands to strain yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it does come out like there's a certain duration of effort that needs to be done to strain yourself yeah. or there's kind of an interesting mechanism involved on muscle tears where it's not a set theory on why they happen but one of the things thinking like there's a certain tolerance of energy a muscle can absorb into it so and what this means is this is why we get muscle tears in hamstrings at high velocities. So people are running and sprinting and they're in the mid range and they're not in a stretch thing. But the turnaround force in the sprint is just too much energy to absorb. Mm. 
And the other side of it is like in stretches when people blow from stretching is like they're doing a long duration hold at the extreme that has the kind of tensile strength and that kind of is what causes the the blow to happen. Mm. So it's kind of in handstands we get we don't really have that fast impact stuff unless you're kind of tumbling. I suppose it's not really handstands, but when you're doing handstands, we're doing longer holds, and this kind of as you kind of nailed there, it's like oh, you have to be able to hold long enough to strain something. Yeah, M- maybe that, that should be that should be a new kind of milestone. Once you've hurt yourself <laughs> doing handstands, <laughs> like doing handstands, you should you should get a medal made out of. Uh, Potato shit chips and super glue. I I can ship them to you. Yeah, (laughs) you could get some of that like the the acrylic stuff you have your blocks made out of, but just have it like a handful of garbage in (laughs) them. Yeah, you get like beautifully like uh, resonate like um, epoxy resin uh, stuff, but it's just full of garbage. That is a beautiful idea. (laughs) <laughs> spent all that effort just encasing just like like it's basically a sarcophagus uh, of glory except it's just all pile of trash you found outside of your house <laughs> um, yeah I like it anyway uh, I thought also to mention uh, during this cast um, and as I've talked to you about before as well like um, speaking of injuries um, that I've been going through a shoulder injury for quite some time now and um I finally ended up going to the physio um, because I, before I actually didn't know that I thought that like to see soft tissues you needed, or like with the scan, I thought you needed an MRI. I didn't know that uh, ultrasound does the job just as well on superficial stuff such as the rotator cuff. So I just got in contact with uh, one here in Stockholm to just see what's up inside and uh, that was really interesting uh, actually i also thought about that like fucking hell i haven't been to a physiotherapist uh ever until then it was the first time <laughs> i've ever seen a physiotherapist um i mean i've had massage before by like the massage therapist when we were performing for a while but like never an actual physio and it kind of just struck yeah. me like oh shit i haven't done that before um, but yeah, it was a clinic called Access Rehab here in Stockholm. Um, pretty good stuff, and uh, yeah, very interesting to just because uh, I I just wanted the perspective of someone that is uh, professional, and I was basically uh, going in there with the expectation of just like the guy scanning and just going, uh, okay, yeah, so you have a this and have a that, and here's the thing, and I was like pretty sure after fifteen years of like beating the shit out of my shoulder <laughs> that like at least there must be some just signs of wear and tear in there but uh, apparently things look pretty good and I was very shocked <laughs> that like hey it's actually not too bad the only things he could see was like there was uh, there was some damage on the supraspinatus which is uh, directly related to all of the movements and um things that I haven't been able to do with full force and control lately um, and a little bit of fluid in the joint but basically nothing particularly significant and all stuff that should be uh, possible to take care of with rehabilitation and taking it a bit easier um, and I guess that is the the big thing though taking it a bit easier and, and not going like oh i feel fine today a little bit better than yesterday i'm just going to try to do this thing oh it hurt oh yeah no shit sherlock yeah. it hurt idiot so we're gonna hold a little what is it a bingo or a roulette where everyone's gonna throw in a euro everyone who's listening we're all gonna throw in a euro you send me your dates when mikhail crash cracks and decides to do one arm to croco and when he posted on his story whoever got the right date wins <laughs> that's gonna be a long time anyway <laughs> it's gonna be like yeah. at least a couple of months i think um you say that but i know how you crack no you've been here well, now I'm, 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 not, i haven't <laughs> done handstands for like five days now and i'm fine so um i think actually this time i'll i'll take it pretty like take it pretty piano compared to before so yeah. but actually for my part it's like the reason i'm taking it easy now to a significant degree is because it's just it's really fucking boring to train when you don't, uh, when you can't access like your your full power or to be able yeah. to do the things that you want to do. And I think um, 
my issue with injuries has been that like I've been kind of indestructible always. I've never had any that stopped me from doing things. And now that there is one, like that one arrived and that's several months ago that I started start, started getting issues. Um, I wasn't used to not being able to just work through it. Just like practice it a little yeah. bit less, but just general keep going and then, okay, yeah, things were back to normal, but this will just didn't come back to normal. Um, and I think it's, it's definitely a good lesson. And uh, I mean, like the fact that I have never, ever, even since I started breakdancing, ever, ever in my life since then, taken a week fully off. Uh, yeah. It's probably due, don't you think? I Yeah. You could argue like part of me is scared what's going to happen when you take your week off. Because like maybe you've just been suppressing all your super compensation just storing it up for now and all you need to do is eat like 10,000 calories a day <laughs> and suddenly you'll be like one of the Alexi brothers reborn <laughs> just muscles everywhere <laughs> and bad haircut with a mullet and oh yes super tight pants yeah maybe like maybe like everything. the mullet will just grow out on day seven so that is I think you would look cool with a mullet like mullets are back in has anyone spotted this that uh Oof, I'm gonna stay I don't know Stockholm they're probably those. always in but uh hold on Stay away from me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the fucking mullets are back. And it's kind of a really bad mullet. Not that mullets are good. I don't know. Mullets are pretty awesome, I have to say, actually. Proper Australian bogan mullets are, like, awesome. They're not awesome. Unfortunately, like, the though. hipsters in Dublin have got them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it just doesn't really mix. And, yeah, I've been kind of seeing some... I think COVID has finally, like, let people admit the secrets that they really want to do is wear, like socks and sandals and have a mullet and no one's brave enough to do it but now they haven't been watched they've been trialing the look out at home <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever tried to change their appearance or change their look or get a new haircut and you're uncertain about it so you do it around the house a bit <laughs> till you get used to yourself and then uh then you start venturing out in public you're doing low-key things like go to the shops and you know now you can wear a mask so you can kind of get away with it <laughs> but then uh you know so you get more and more used to it so eventually it's like you just take the mask off and everyone's like okay we see what you've done. I've done the same thing too, so that's okay. I must say that I think this 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 is so far the most unrelated rant on any handstand cast uh, ever. I'll remember this, yeah. Emmett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're back to injuries, back to injuries. Yeah. So there was kind of something interesting actually said just when we were talking before we got rolling here that I'd like to go back to. You, you went into, so normally... This is one of these underused things of physios. Uh, other underused, anyone who's in the sports kind of adjunct therapy side of thing, it's an underused possibility with them. And there's a lot of them out there who would really like people to say this. It's like to go in and go, I'm not actually that broken, but I want to get something checked out. I need to be able to perform and I'd like to optimize it. You kind of said something along those lines. You're just like, oh, I need to get this checked out. And your mom was like, okay, well, I'm going to test you much harder than I would normally. Mm. I can't remember what you said exactly, but uh. yeah, yeah. Basically, he just like wanted to apply a lot more force in doing like the various rotator cuff um, tests on me than he would um, with a person that doesn't train as much. Um, and just the fact that like he and uh, the the guy that I saw, he was like he understood my uh, my situation and basically yeah. Uh, he what like what he was trying to do was take an athlete uh, that wanted to keep on doing his practice and th like that was the goal that was kind of what he wanted me to work towards so rather than telling me to go home and spend he said that like healing the muscle like that kind of injury that I had because it, like it's this is the start of a tear in this in of a part of the supraspinatus tendon but it wasn't significant he said he said it like it may, might take two to three months to heal but he basically told me like yeah keep keep training but uh don't train so that you feel particularly strained around that area and um, when you're done and he gave me one rotator cuff exercise that he wanted me to do three times ten every day it's plain and simple yeah so it was just like and like I, I was kind of a surprise. I was like, oh shit! I thought maybe he'd give me like five or six, which would be kind of my way of thinking. That, oh yeah, you probably need to do more. But he says he was just yeah, keep it simple. That should be enough for now. Uh, and it's kind of intelligent yeah. too because like he he was assuming I was going to do other types of training. 
so adding yeah. one is likely enough, I think. And he wanted me to do like he's, he wanted it to be effortful and strenuous to do ten, three times ten repetitions, but just yeah, keeping it keeping it that simple, I think, is important at least in in like big, when you're beginning to take rehab say, seriously. Yeah, it's definitely one of these things. Is like you, it's always this kind of thing when healing an injury, healing anything really, is we need to we need to move it but not a lot you need to rest it but not a lot you need to use it and strain it but not a lot so it's always this kind of i suppose the mantra i give to people is work to pain not true pain mm. particularly when dealing this is like oh you know if we're dealing sort of a joint angle pain where the pain comes on at a joint angle well, we'll work in the range of motion that we can and we'll try to do something techniques that will involve this kind of angle mm but not go into the pain zone, mm. float above it. Yeah. It's the same with the training. Like here, it's like, okay, work to the point where you feel like, okay, I've done a bit of work in you know your normal training, but don't push into the fatigue zone. Don't push into the strain zone. Mm. And that's kind of very, very important. Now it's cute. Everyone just going to do 90 minutes or 75 minutes of one arm holds based on this. Like, oh, but I was training myself at 90 minutes. It's uh, not what we mean. Mm. And it's kind of, it's this idea of like trying to figure out what your capacity is and what your restoration is, is always key mm. to coming back to an injury. Yeah. And like, I think like circling back to the thing we said about handstand training too, like, because if you, uh, if I compare it to just like, let's say you're, you're rehabbing your lats or to do pull-ups, for example, yeah. and you're just back to the, the ability of like, doing a couple of pull-ups they're pain-free but once you try to do five or seven you feel okay it's too much and like it's it's not good for you and uh, it's it's very simple with something like pull-up let's say you do like just like the, the lat pull-down machine or other yeah. exercises where you work your lats a bit on a lower intensity and then you go home because it's strength training it's a, it's a it's a type of practice where you go in you you output effort and then you fuck off and you rest and then that that is kind of where you um that that, that is all you kind of need to do while in handstands since there's many elements to train and it's it's such a precise thing and and like maybe also very importantly uh which i think is an important distinction from regular quote unquote training is that like people like to do training too but people like to go in do the effort, feel the effort, like push hard, go home, ugh, feel that, that you've worked and have, have the feeling of having worked. Well, hand balancing is much more like, I think one of the reasons why people spend three hours training handstands is because it's enjoyable to do the activity. And yeah. that's where it it's different in the sense of, of, uh, of the load and all of this. And where, yeah, the sets and rep schemes kind of fall off as we've talked about before, but it is, it's enjoyable to do. And hence, you want to get back to the doing of it, and you want to hopefully do as much as you did before. And you want to kind of feel that you can do the various skills and all of that. Uh, so, just th that, like, you want to be able to spend significant amount of time in that zone. Uh, and when you're injured, uh, it's it's way too easy to want to oh yeah but i'm i i think i'm a little bit better i'm just gonna try to do the this or try to do that i've had, I've had many students yeah. too that have have ended up like just basically circling injuries because of just having to try this thing i've done the same myself as well so it's it's uh it's it's so important to also remember like to be able to just stop the brains like if i actually want to do this i need to not do it because it's like yeah it, it's just as if like you've gotten like a massive inflammation in your forearms from too much guitar playing like you can't like you can't play guitar for five minutes and your forearms are fucked again but you go like i, I really want to play guitar because it's so <laughs> fun like i really want yeah. to play many songs i want to train this i want to learn that i want to get better at like that that is where the issue comes in i think when it when it comes to to rehabbing this sort of stuff as well yeah it's definitely that kind of yeah it's just very interesting because obviously we have a limited subset of techniques in hand balance that don't involve using the hands in the way we do mm. then you're like well if we have this limited subset of techniques and we want to do the thing how can we do it 
it's not like as you kind of pointed out in the gym is like oh well we have you know we want to work on our chin-ups we're doing rings and all this well we can't do any of that and it's too strenuous to do chin-ups well we could do a seated row machine and that's kind of close enough to it and the other thing is a lot of the resistance training exercises we can very closely control the level of resistance mm. to the point where it's like oh i'm just moving with a little bit of resistance whereas with hand balance it's either all your weight is on your hands or all your weight is not there's a there's kind of a bit of a binary there in some ways mm. and then particularly if you're going more advanced or other stuff so it's kind of yeah it's that kind of thing of like resisting the urge and like sort of paying your dues i suppose to the injury mm. it's like you've done basically let's face it for most hand balance injuries come along from once you're past the beginner zone of physical preparation just basic flexibility and stuff which we'll circle back to in a bit anyway as well it's caused by overuse it's straight up overuse injury for most people you've just done too much yeah it's generally we don't have catastrophic injuries we don't have contact injuries you know that said i do know someone who sprained their ankle quite badly coming out of a handstand mm. who was pretty good on hands so you know it does happen but in general, wrists and everything happens from overuse. You've done too much. So for that period of time, you have done too much training. Now you have to pay your dues to the injury by doing no training or less training. And that's what it comes down to. Mm. And you have to learn to basically walk out of the gym. And that's kind of, for some people, that can be hard. Yeah. Or walk out of your living room, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it's uh, yeah be, being being able to to chill the fuck out and basically just not not do um, uh, like yeah basically not doing those five extra sets or doing that conditioning or like all of that stuff. I think it's it's re it's really important and um, I think there there's a couple of options. Um, like I mean, you can. Like if if we use a little bit of of sports science and like kind of training methodology thinking, you can uh, one you can lower your just volume a lot. Let's say like you, you you like you have a hand balance practice and like you're working on fingertip hold one arms and yeah. If you're very short, okay, you can handle fingertip uh, hold one arms. Uh, it's 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 possible for your body to recover from that and still still improve the injury maybe you go in and you do five sets of those on both arms and that's all you do uh like you've cut you you've cut your volume significantly but you only stick to those five sets it doesn't feel like training you know it's a bit annoying but at least you get to do something and then you're done uh and you skip out those presses and the two arm work and the conditioning you just <laughs> stick to this one drill that is what you feel is the most important to you and nothing else or let's say in the other scenario the intensity of the of the fingertip holds is too high so you need to ditch those and maybe you can stick with a few presses and a couple of of two arm drills instead so they're like i mean that is like as, as closer something is to your technical uh, max maximum uh, will will kind of be counting as intensity in one sense so it is possible yeah. to to work on that, but then you 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 will need to cut somewhere, uh, and knowing where to cut is uh, is definitely important. Whereas, like if it was a wrist injury, you'd be an idiot to keep the the, the fingertip holds most likely because that stage yeah. is where where uh, wrists get very busted easily. So so then it might be in the the, the com completely opposite thing. That's okay. You need to get rid of those intense things practice something else instead uh yeah so it's 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 a tricky one but like i think i think as as we talked about before like load management is always what it, what it comes down to uh and um yeah basically just how to say uh accepting the fact that you you have walked a, like you walked a couple of stairs back like like a couple of steps <laughs> back down the stairs and that is what it is. Yeah. So don't try to do the step that you were at before because it's not going to work and you'll get extra frustrated and or extra busted. Yeah. Yeah, so you kind of touched on a good point there. It's like understanding the nature of the injury and what is too intense for it, which is going to be different for everyone and possibly different on the day, then knowing what to cut. 
in general, my rule of thumb actually for cutting stuff is first things first, you slash the volume of the highest intensity stuff. If you're doing 15 sets of one arm fingertip supports, whatever, you slash that to the third, five sets. Okay, then your endurance work has to go as well. So we do no endurance work at this stage. So endurance work out the window, one arm, two arm, whatever, gone. Then you can drop your conditioning after that. Endurance and conditioning come back quick. This is very simple. They Even if you think, oh, I've dropped everything, you come in and it's like, I can only do 30 second holds in a straight arm handstand now. But I was doing 90 seconds before. In a week, you'll be able to do 90 seconds. It comes back very quickly once you get you back into practice. Mm. The other stuff is like, well, keeping some of the stuff, one out of a, just keeping the skill. The skill is the hardest thing to get. So keeping that kind of in a way that it gets a taste of the skill, but not enough to make it adapt, we'll maintain it. Mm. Even if it feels like nothing's happening, we'll just keep it semi-fresh in the nervous system. Mm. But at the same time, if you just do too much, it's just not going to heal. This is the problem. This is 90% of, I suppose, what we do as coaches when someone's injured is just try to make sure that they actually heal. Mm. And it just doesn't, you know, it's like, oh, good, your wrist is inflamed or something or finger tendon is acting up. Fine. Okay, how can we get you back to normal as fast as possible without this lasting for six months? Mm. That is uh, that is the problem. Yeah, and and like that that is also it's also the thing that it's 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 largely up to uh, I mean if if you have a coach that you trust and that you listen to, it's of course uh, a functional thing, but it is. Um, it, it comes a lot down to just and 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 I speak specifically as a person that practices handstands and through so many people I know within that those circles, it it's just so common as I said like the uh, adherence to the practice and the kind of um, the enjoyment of such and the kind of test of yourself that it is in a sense um, that that makes it so that you um how to say um that you 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 just so easily end up doing those five sets that you shouldn't have done or oh yeah but i feel warm now it feels good like that <laughs> kind of thing it's it it's so easy to end up uh uh going yeah. there like again and again like or like it it can be all kinds of random things too, but it it's it's just way too easy to do that. I think like the best recovery period of any injury I've had uh, that I did was one like I was very forced. I couldn't do anything. Like it was like I'd smashed my red light left wrist so bad from I did a jump switch on a cane and the cane really quickly like rocked back and forth because the platform almost fell over and. Like it felt like someone beat my wrist with a hammer super hard, and it took how long was it? I think it took six weeks before I could do a handstand on the arm again. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, hold on, can we just stop hmm? there for a second? I'm sure you just spent the rest of them kicking up onto one arm with the other hand. Yeah, I I, I trained on my right arm all the time, and I I learned how to balance yeah. on the elbow on the left a little bit. Just so no, just so our audience isn't getting panic on Mikael, stop training for six weeks. No, no, no. No, 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 that, 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 <laughs> like, at, at that time also, like, I was in really good shape in general. So I kept going. And I mean, I could, of course, train on the other hand. I practiced elbow stands on the left. Uh, and it was very interesting, like, the, the process of, um, kind of reteaching the wrist after the kind of acute phase, uh, of loading weight. Like, I remember, like, yeah, the entire phase of, um, a push-up position being enough, uh, a handstand being way too much. Um, yeah. Like occasionally trying, but it was so bad that I, I didn't have much choice. I couldn't, I couldn't just try because it was just dreadful. Yeah. And then came the phase where like I was able to stand on two arms, but like my 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 entire position was leaning to the right arm like quite a lot just by default to avoid yeah. the weight. Uh, then I got got like I could stay on two arms for a while, and and then then it was a very clear phase where I could do I could do a two arm handstand, but it would only work like two or maybe three times. I could stay for perhaps twenty seconds on the wrist, but if I did it a fourth time, like that kind of 
the bad pain really quickly started to surge through the hand. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, no more of that. And then like week for week, uh, slowly but surely, like I could load it more and more. And I could, same thing when I came to one arm, like I could one arm, but only for three seconds I, and two yeah. holds. Try a third time. It's like, oh shit, no, this is not, no way. And it was very interesting to see how it like, it just scaled up from barely being able to put the hand flat against a wall uh, to being able to do one arm hops on it kind of. Um, yeah. But it was very, very much like, I think at that point I was very good at, uh, because I was forced, I was good at just like accepting, okay, let us try to put the hand on the wall. Uh, that was, that was basically uh, the, uh, the level I was at and it became kind of a yeah. project. I would wake up in the morning and I would be, okay, let us put the hand on the wall. And that was kind of the test. And I could see slowly but surely day for day, oh, yeah, okay, now I can lean a little bit on the hand on the wall and so on and so on. So, uh, but I was forced to never try it or never do too much and hence it didn't happen either. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I suppose it's kind of like if we go all the way back to when I injured my wrist, I had a very, what is an interesting one. I have a couple of interesting breaks lately, but uh, I broke the capitate bone in the wrist, which is one of the small pisiform bones in the wrist. Pisiform, I think is the right term. And it, part of it chipped off, probably about a quarter of it. Not a lot, apparently. Went in, had it immobilized for six weeks. They're like, oh yeah, come back. It's fine. I come back and like, okay, it hasn't joined. There's nothing we can do at this stage. Uh, at this stage, my wrists, my wrists were pretty flexible at this time. Uh, I had like limited flexion and extension. It's probably limited to about like 50 or 60 degrees on both sides of flexion and extension. And like, I was just like, okay, well, I kind of have this. And it's kind of interesting because it was just when I started to get good at one arms, like, because I didn't train them in circus school. I sort of took them up in third year just for a hobby more than anything else. And then I was like, okay, everyone does handstands. I was like, okay, fine, fuck it. I want to learn a one-arm handstand. So then I was getting good, you know, training it, training it. It's like, okay, cool. About two years after circus school, this happened. So it was interesting because it was just a hobby kind of skill for me. It wasn't how, like, this is a career-making skill as you would have in circus. So then I broke my wrist. And I was like, okay, well, let's go deal with this. It's like, okay, I can't do handstands, fine. So that was the first thing. It wasn't a big concern, but it was a concern. But then slowly it turned into something worse, where it's like, the I've seen who's considered like one of the top specialists in wrist surgeries in Europe over it. And uh, he was just like, there's nothing I can do for you and you're just not going to regain the range of motion. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, it's just nothing can happen. It's just not going to heal. I was like, well, thanks for this. So we had the chip of the bone in the joint for about a year and a half dissolving. And that was not really going out. That was limiting it. I suppose it was just irritating the joint. But to the point it was like, I could train, but say if I'd done P-bars or rings or something where you could hold the wrist neutral, I knew I would pay for it the next three or four days with just having an agonizing wrist. So I was like, okay, fine, I just can't do this. So this went on for nearly three years of this kind of thing. So eventually, after about two years, I was like, fuck it. I'm, I was doing rehab. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get this fixed. And it took like a lot of weird engineering stuff. Like I was inventing stretches and positions that I could put mechanical load to the joint that wouldn't put compression on it. So I have all these weird, like, slapping my mic <laughs> all these weird kind of hanging wrist stretches that are keeping traction on the joint and other stuff that kind of started to get it moving. Obviously working strength as well at the same time, but also working in strange angles, like doing wrist curls with the shoulders in extension and shit like this, which was uh, very interesting. So eventually... Would have been about 2013 is when I could actually hold a handstand again. Hmm. So it took about three years from 2000, the end of 2010, the injury happened. So it took about three years to get to the point where I was like, okay, I could hold a handstand. And when I say hold a handstand, it was very interesting because like the body was on one side straight and normal. The other hand was kind of like Stay away from it was avoiding loading the corner of the joint that had pain. Hmm. And that took a very long time to actually get over. Yeah. And it was like, I could just do it. But it was like, oh, one of your arms is like a rainbow and the other one is like a stick. But there was no real pain. This was the kind of interesting. There was like, as long as I kept like, you know, and I followed, at that stage, I followed a program that was just very logical. It's like, I will do 
three sets of 30 seconds. Next week, I will do four sets of 30 seconds. Next week, I will do five sets of 30 seconds. Week after, I will take a week off. Next week, I will do three sets of 40 seconds. Just trying to work up that mm. way without trying things and only doing like three sets. And that took me over about six months. From about that point of six months of doing just that kind of three sets of handstands every training session, then I was like, okay, I'm back. Then I could get back onto trying one arms and other stuff. I had the confidence, all the shapes. And it was kind of interesting because I came in at a very nutting level. Like it was just like, felt like nothing was working. And then I spent about three, four months working on it. And then like everything was kind of back. I could one arm, I could do everything again. My weight was massively down as well. I decided to lose loads of weight. So I was down at about like when I moved back to Ireland, which would have been about seven years ago, I was down at almost 80 kilos. Like I was down 79 kilos at some point. I was trying to see how skinny I could get or mm -hmm. just not eating from due to lack of having a job. Bit of both, as you do. And uh, so I was like, okay, cool. So then that kind of helped a lot that I was able to get. So the load to the body down, the training was down, everything was kind of low. And that kind of worked in my favor, I think, in this thing to actually get the skill back mm. up. So that was kind of interesting. Then I just kind of got, yeah. Then it was kind of like, I remember, I suppose the EJC 2015 would have been when I was peaked back. And then I was like, okay, I just had most shapes available on the right arm. Then after that, I like started traveling and stopped training consistently. So now I'm like in a nightmare mode and then gained a lot of weight. <laughs> now I'm back to the start. Rip. That's Rip. how it goes. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, but it's kind of interesting now with the injury as well is it works like it works like my early warning signal of bodily inflammation if i have not slept well if i have like right now we've been kind of upgrading the site as some of you have probably seen and do this i probably should have done that at the start hold on i need to do a segue <laughs> so uh, yeah, I forgot to say it at the start. So as you've probably noticed, or hopefully if you haven't noticed, go check it out. We have had a whole new website made. Uh, our design team, so we have uh, Charles and Sophie who are on our designers and developers and all this. They have done a fantastic job of kind of making the new thing. Everything's all integrated. Everything works the back end. All your programs are nice. The solution we had before was... I suppose a bit rambly it was very good it's just we had something custom built because we couldn't get the functionality we wanted at the time and now we can get the functionality on a wordpress backend so we just built a whole new site and could implement the exact design we wanted so yeah if you guys knew how hard the design team and the developer team had worked behind the scenes to get this up and running the last month particularly when we were trying to port the site and uh things went a bit well, should have been a very quick job. Ended up taking 30 hours of uh, someone not sleeping. So shout out to Charles for staying awake that long and making sure everything kind of worked and got loaded. Uh, but other than that, yeah, check out our new site. It's awesome. And while you're there, on the topic of injuries, we have a free program called Grip. If you make an account, you get the program free. And it is very good to implement in your training as a kind of general physical preparation for the forearms. It's one of those ones. It also gets you jacked. I've been had a few people send me going like, look, my forearm got an inch bigger. That's <laughs> 2.5 centimeters for your continentals. And uh, that's pretty good. Like, that's a result. That's a bigger result than getting your forearms better. It's got jacked. So let's face it, being jacked is awesome. Uh, where was I? So yes, big shout you're, out you're, to you're, you're the expert by. at the, what's it called uh, digressions uh, in today's episode. There is no doubt about that. Yeah, kind of. It's in it. I've. Honestly, I haven't slept too well in the last few days with all this stuff going on. I've been uh, supporting, I don't know if people know, but Elisa, my partner, is the brains behind Handstand Factory, and she's been manic, organizing, coordinating all the teams. So I've been mm. supporting her and cooking for her and making sure she's not too stressed. So I have absorbed most of her stress and, stress and fatigue. <laughs> so today I couldn't, like, as you notice, I'm rambling a little. I couldn't remember. So I got to the point where my short-term memory stopped earlier today, and I was... I was looking at form checks and I'm normally pretty good at checking people's form. I like to think so. I've been doing it a little while now, but I'd look at someone's video, watch it go. Okay. This is what I want to say to this person. I'll go down and type it into the box below. And by the time I'd scroll down to the box below on the software we use, I'd forgotten what I was going to say. 
And, you know, everyone's form check might have six to eight videos. So it was taking a very long time because my short-term memory was gone. You need to eat and sleep, it sounds like. Fucking hell. Yeah. I think I need Adderall, basically. Mm. It's kind of... I've come to that point in life. I think I just need, like, IV infusions of Adderall daily. Well, I mean, like, with, with, with the amount of junkies just outside of your window, it shouldn't be a problem finding stronger stuff than Adderall, I think. Well, that's the problem. They're all on heroin oh. here. That's the thing. That's, like, the main <laughs> kind of thing. So it's, like, it's not even... It's probably good, like, we don't have crackheads and meth heads. Like, they're kind of... I don't know. If anyone's ever had been in a city with them, but it's pretty... They're very in your face and very risky. Whereas heroin junkies, they're pretty friendly for the most part. They're a bit annoying, but they're pretty friendly. Yeah, of the slower and, kind, you know, at least. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, like, yeah, kind of, I, you know, I just wish no one was on the ship, but like, I'd take heroin addicts over crackheads any day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Emma's brain has stopped working. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Which I forgot what I was yeah. saying. <laughs> I was so waiting for exactly that. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, so back to injuries. I'd like to kind of wrap up the show and talk a bit about techniques and stuff we've done over the year that have helped with these kind of smaller niggly oh, type injuries. I also want to mention one thing. Yeah, um, When you said technique, and it's, it's one of the things that frustrate me a little bit when it comes to uh, the topic of injuries, because uh, it's it's very it's very common with this notion that if your technique is good, then that means you get less injuries. And whereas the, whereas there is a drop of truth within that uh, statement, I think it's uh, I think most of the times when that statement is used, it is absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> there there is certainly a degree, and I mean, if you jump on a fucking trampoline then it is extremely relevant because if you have good technique and you know what you're doing, there is a less likelihood of you landing on your head than dying. But when it comes to yeah. all of these other, or like, I mean, particularly strength or, uh, yeah, stuff like handstands, sure, there are certain parameters that can help uh, in in uh, managing injuries. I mean, like being more stable means less like violent movement of the of the joints and so on. It's 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 clear that there is a relevance there, but it it's it's just um it's very often used as kind of oh yeah, but if you have good technique then you won't be injured. And then like kind of the half false claim of yeah, if you have good technique you use less force, which is true to a degree again, but all of these are very much uh things that depend a lot and I just think that it's uh, if if you are capable in the area where you're used to working and in the areas around it, and you don't overstep your um, your capacity, neither acutely or chronically, uh, then then we can talk about. Then you're not going. That is what is going to contribute to you getting less injured. Whereas, like you can be fantastically excellent uh, technically and still get busted i mean i mean yeah. there are of course better hand balancers than me but my technique is pretty damn solid but still i got injured like and i got injured doing things that i'm pretty good at doing so it's it, yeah. it's more about like you like the tissues inside of your body and your nervous system doesn't understand or care about what's technically good and not. It cares about force and it cares about uh, gravity. Capacity, basically. Did you succeed your capa capacity? You exceeded your capacity. You are fucked. Precisely. Basically. That's what it comes down to. So, yeah, I'd like to talk a bit about a few techniques that we have found useful either with ourselves or other stuff to give people some ideas on how you might manage these injuries. The first one, as I kind of shared there, is the GRIP program. If you are constantly having tendonitis in the elbow or it's kind of recurring kind of inflammation, it probably means your forearms aren't strong enough if it's recurring. Or you're doing too much work in the same plane and not enough variety. So with this GRIP program, it's fully detailed, it's fully free, there's no sign-up or anything. It's just... Basically, general physical preparation for the forearm. We train all the functions of the forearm, well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. 
and this will hopefully build up your general capacity so when you go on to your specific training your specific physical preparation for hand balance you might have more capacity there is it foolproof no does it work yes and i've gotten a lot of people saying it has helped them stop their injuries coming back particularly people i genuinely would give this program a lot to beginners and sometimes i would cycle it maybe once a year for my more advanced people so it's kind of standalone it will fit in it explains everything and it's very useful on that but other than pimping that program i have to give a shout out to the rice bucket oh yes that is a good one yeah the rice bucket is literally as it sounds if you don't know what it is it's a bucket filled with rice and apparently you can do it with buckets of sand and other stuff as well apparently very effective but i've never tried them so your mileage may vary but uh basically what the rice bucket does is it allows you to basically general physical preparation for the hand you put your hand in you move it around in every single way possible you think you extend the fingers you close them you make swirls you make waves with the fingers all this kind of stuff and you just do it for kind of i would set people a set time like do two or three minutes a hand and that seems to work quite well yeah like rice buckets has saved me many times uh, i remember when i was on tour and i was having some some shit in the kind of forearm and elbow i used that like for warm-up before the show and it always yeah. felt really good um and just it just gives such a different um Artic- like sensation and articulation in the hands and in ways that you can't really you it's very hard to replicate them and uh, with other types of uh, equipment and it's so cheap and accessible yeah. um and simple uh, that like yeah it, i usually uh, um liken it to swimming except with your hands like there's resistance in all the all directions yeah. also if you go deeper into the rice it, it gets more intense kind of you have to move more rice around um so it's a really nice one just to get um and you, you it's also interesting because you you if you turn your hand in various ways or bend or stra- straighten the elbow you can very often also find these weird places in your hand in your forearms like oh shit this part feels kind of weird and like annoying and you can actually work there but but very softly and as I mean, in in terms of uh, injuries and load management on all of this, like what it seems that um, a lot of the science is kind of consistent on is the fact that you do need to load tissues for them, or like that it is at least beneficial to load tissues to a degree that they can handle when uh, when recovering. Simply, yeah. just I mean, you you want to increase protein synthesis and so on. But you just want don't want to to smash the joint or the muscles that are uh, that are having trouble. But yeah. that is what is so good about the the rice bucket as well. It's just there there is no impact. There is no um, um, like it's it you you can basically not do anything wrong when you put your hand into the bucket. Yeah, it's also that kind of like there's. The strength curve is very weird on it. It's not like a normal exercise where it has a curve. It kind of has continuous resistance in all directions. It has continuous yeah. resistance at all times. So that's kind of quite nice for just like, you can work quite slow and controlled on these things. And it's always going to get that. At the same time, you could argue that it's concentric only training. And concentric only training has its benefits. I know everyone will probably go, but eccentric only training for tendons is good. Yes, but concentric only training is a, uh, very good for getting a lot of training volume in without too much stress. So this is why you can do these longer sets. Then at the same time, we have all the intrinsic muscles of the hand. So the hand has a lot of smaller muscles in it that we don't really think about. And just getting them a lot of work. And they can be a lot of slow twitch muscles unless you've got like jacked hands. So giving them a longer times can help just get things going. And also there's a very simple thing of blood flow. Doing stuff gets the blood flowing. Mm. Get the blood flowing increases healing very simple so it's one of those things the rice bucket humble mm. rice bucket gets shared out uh the next thing i suppose is various massage things i don't know how much you use these kind of things i like them a lot in some ways but then in other ways they're not they're great for an acute effect all these kind of massage devices like the arm aid that's very popular with climbers i wouldn't buy one because it's too much of a gimmick have you ever seen that thing um like it, it skipped a bit here on the internet yeah. again what did you say yeah have you ever seen the arm aid thing 
So it's a arm climbing. Aid, no. It's basically like a pliers for your arm. What has some rollers on it, and you. This is the funny thing about it. you strap it to your tie, and then you've got a clamp up at the top with the other hand. You put your hand into it, and you plunge it backwards and forwards to try and squeeze the shit out of it. Hmm. Hmm. It's cool, but like it's just a bit weird. Climbers, you're all <laughs> a bit weird, in the best way, but you're a bit weird. But these kind of compression type things are great for giving a short term relief on these kind of things. It's like stretch foam rolling and all these kind of mm. things. Mm. Compression can give some kind of analgesia effect. And it's very good if you're just like, oh, I feel a bit uh, weird. Okay, I'll do this. Okay, I'll put a bit of compression on. And this is where it gets very simple. It's like, oh, you know, I can kneel on my forearms. One of the ones I like myself is these uh, voodoo floss fans. The oh yeah, those. yeah. I always kind of like they're one of those things. Like I use them, I use them a bit on my wrist when it's feeling a bit weird. I'm just acting up a bit, and generally, kind of, if I come into a training session, it feels a bit weird. I will put it on once, and then it feels great, and I can just continue the training. So I know it's not an injury. I know it's just kind of an injury residual kind of ghost ghost image mm. on the scan. So it doesn't really bother me, but it gets rid of it very quickly. And it's the same with other stuff. I've like using these kind of bands for this kind of compression effect is quite good. You compress, you do a bit of movement, you get out and you're like, oh, I feel new. You know, we could say they're moving lymph around, they're moving fluid and all this. It's questionable if they're doing enough or anything worthwhile, but the compression side of them definitely does something. Mm. And that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, what else we found useful? Um, yeah, I mean, like, for, for, me, for me, one of the... The main ones, at least, like when I was um, when I was performing, I was uh, <laughs> using quite a lot of of this one heating cream, which was, I mean, it 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 had ibuprofens in it, so that like it or like salicylic acids, so yeah. it did definitely have a pain killing effect. And I mean, in general, I'm not for like training through pain and just taking painkillers to be able to do what you need to do and stuff, but. Like in in the situation I was in, like okay, you had five shows a week, you were on contract, like things weren't that bad. Like I would just basically sometimes just put it on and run through, and several times actually I was able to even recover injuries through performance periods when I was using one of those. Um, and like I don't I don't think it's something I would recommend in general, but like they helped me at the time. <laughs> but uh, it's these like, questionable I, liniments, like. I don't know if yeah. you know powerlifting is like horse liniment, like the stuff you put on race horses. Yeah, like there are, I've seen the like thing. a friend of mine had the Russian one he had gotten in 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 Ukraine, I think. Uh, but I think like one of my main ones, and then it, it's a very sensible one. It's just like warm up better if you're busted and you're going to train. Yeah, make sure you warm up even better. Like you just don't have anything to fucking lose on taking your time. Uh, you don't need to be Geronimo on your first rep. So yeah. take your fucking time and make sure that you're ready. And <clears throat> like I like to speak about readiness more than warm-up in a sense. Uh, yeah. Because warm-up, like very often it's associated to like you take a 20-minute jog and you do 20 jumping jacks and then you're warm because like you're sweaty. Like, like it, it doesn't need to be the same. Like warm-up can be entirely specific for whatever you want to do so it means basically to me it means get your readiness on for whatever the hell you're going to do if i'm yeah. going to do one handstand i don't need a high readiness if i'm going to do one one arm i need a little bit more readiness if i'm going to do fucking flares i need a lot of readiness because it's very dynamic uses tons of joint angles and it's just super explosive so obviously it requires a lot of readiness and then if for such a move i'd need to be much warmer like, incidentally, I was actually training flares today. Um, yeah. And I'm dreadful at them because I, I do them so rarely now. But I got I got a few few better ones than in a while. And, <clears throat> like, there it was just loads about that. Because I have, like, a, an injury ghost as well in, like, in my, um, in my hip flexors. Like, the deep one in the back I hurt years ago. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at any point now. But like once it gets t once it gets tired, I can kind of feel that like you can feel it all the time. But uh, until like I'd done like several like several just smaller flares where like 
I didn't really kick much. I had to do that several times before I felt like, okay, now I'm actually ready to flick the leg high. Because yeah. if I'd done that on the first rep, I would probably have wrecked myself. So just making sure that like whenever you know that there's there's a thing going on, you need to to like like ease yourself into it and and then by easing yourself into it as well you can know okay is it is it worth it to go for one more probably yeah. not so then you then you can uh, like you can sense whether or not it's a point to go for the um, the thing or not simply by just using some time uh, before getting into it yeah basically warm up well I think like one of the big points I suppose we can bring up on all of this or overarching things if we haven't touched on is listen to your body. Your body will give Word. you loads of signs when you're like, oh, that you could pay attention to it, you can notice and you could accept the message it's sending to you going like, you know, you normally recover from your hands, your wrists, your elbows, your shoulders. They feel good like a day afterwards or they feel like normal, whatever your baseline normal is. These, most of these injuries we deal with, they don't come on suddenly. They come on like gradually. And knowing when go like, oh, this is you know, this is the benefits of getting injured once because you learn the warning signs for when it's going to happen again. So this is your big takeaway when you have got injured. But the second thing is, you know, you can watch out for these signs and go like, it's better to take two or three days off or even a week off while something is and do something different, do some active recovery, do some other kind of things. Than it is to go oh shit mm. and be, to be dealing with a wrist or a tendon or an elbow issue for six months or eight months like because when proper there's a difference between inflammation and proper tendonitis when proper tendonitis kicks in it's going to be a long rehab like it's just going to be annoying for a long mm. time and it's better if you can accept like if you can accept like there's the ocd side of the kind of training we do is like accept that you have to put the toys down for a bit and step away you'll be able to go back sooner then you will if you uh just kept plowing through and waited mm. until that's the thing it's gonna ask you to stop and then it's gonna make you stop this is one of the big things with injuries and yeah. particularly chronic ones it will ask you to stop first and then it won't it will make you stop and learning to say yes when it says can we stop now for a bit is very beneficial and unfortunately i think for most people you actually have to go to the point of breaking first to learn oh shit this is it. And then it took you six months to get back and you go, I never want to repeat that again. So I'm going to start paying attention. Mm. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very easy when you're forced. Um, but it's not so easy before. And I think that's the, yeah. that, that, that's the, that's the biggest of deals and one, one of the hardest, uh, lessons to learn and one that I also struggle with. So <laughs> it's, it's. I think it, it's. It's okay to. Um, how to say? It's okay to admit that. You that this is difficult. If, particularly if, like I said, the reason I used the guitar analogy. I don't play guitar, but I could imagine for a guitar player that really wants to play fucking guitar, it must be really annoying. Like, I like like a little while ago here when I was folding like the thousand small birds, I got like inflammation in my hands because like I was. <laughs> I was folding so many a day. I was also using the, my fingers on the computer, on the phone, and playing video games. And in the end, the end, I was just like, "Fuck! I can't do anything with my hands because they're busted." Uh, yeah. And just thinking about it, like, yeah, if if my real passion was just using my hands all the time, then um, in that context, if I needed to fold more birds, whereas for me, like origami is just like something I do occasionally. Um, says the man who has a two by two meter per square in front of him right now. It's it's only one time one meter. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's occasional. But when it happens, it happens. Yeah. And right now, it's all I can think about. Um, but um, <laughs> it's staring at me the fucking paper, gloating, cunt. Those fucking transition units, rage. Um, 
anyway, uh, what the fuck was I saying? Starting to zone out. I think you actually just given us a very good example of how you exceeded your capacity by throwing in fouling a thousand birds and that fucked your fingers. Ah, yes, yes, right. So yeah, exactly. There you go. Because exceeded his capacity in a yeah, chronic basically manner, exceeded then. the capacity because I use the hands a lot on various things, and then like I, me as everyone, you sit way too much on your phone and swipe and like send text messages and all that fucking trash, and then like all of that plus all the birds and suddenly like hey the thumb muscle it's miserable it's like nothing different than my super spinatas in 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 principle you know i have said i'm very proud i have not got any kaizo mario related finger issues so far oh but yeah but like the, the good guys they get fucked hands like yeah. from the shell levels and stuff it's yeah i but i can like just doing a few shell jumps like in a row like that kind of like flicking of the fingers I mean, if you if you do like all of those like thumb shredder or any of those levels, you must be like super destroyed in the hands afterwards. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right, I think that's a good point to wrap things up. Unless yeah. there's other things we need to touch on. No, I think it's. I mean, it's uh, injuries is always an interesting topic, and I mean, if any of you listeners um, want want us to speak about like specific injuries or stuff stuff like that, I mean, we always have the. Um, the Q and A's and all of that. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good old fashioned ramble cast tonight. I think. Uh, so, just to wrap things up, coming up to next week is going to be our last episode of the season. Ooh, and we're going to take a little Christmas break after that episode. So, if you have some questions, get them in. We'll try and make it special. Uh, if you want to send us questions at handstandfactory dot or no, yes, you can send them on the website on the contact form. You can easier way is probably send them to us on Instagram at at handstandfactory. Uh, other than that, you know, check out our new website. It's awesome. If you want to support us, buy a program or two. Buy them all. They're great gifts. I hear. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening to us, and we will get you next week. <laughs>